the thing is, I didn't see my father. Do, I lost my dad when I was a year old, so I never that, saw man. my dad. Do, no, it's okay. It's a part of life. It's 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 why I'm here today. Uh, but I never saw my dad be a businessman or an entrepreneur. I just my mom just told me later on in life, like your dad was actually in business, and it's like oh, okay, cool. But now when I'm older, I'm like maybe that's why I'm in business as well. From a young age in Pogoda, I always aspired to be a motivation and be a leader to those who are voiceless. Until one of his teachers actually introduced him to pageantry. Pageantry is when things started to take a turn for him. Mpobota started an organization called the Poor Child Foundation, where he raised 27,000 for those who had diabetes. Mpobota also started a business at the age of 14, where he used to sell cell phone covers to his peers. He had cell phone covers from Japan to sell to his peers. In our conversation, we talk about his journey of him being an entrepreneur and a personal brand at the age of 14. And he also uncovers his journey as the first Mr. Teen world in South Africa. Super pumped to have you on, Paul. Like, um, to, mm-hmm. your, to be honest, uh, I didn't think this was going to be easy for me to actually get some feedback, um, respond to, to put it that way from my DMs, because a lot of influencers out there, a lot of people who has like 10 plus 10K followers, they don't actually respond to a normal person like me. It's DMs. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually humbling. And I can see the hum- humility from coming from you. And it actually means a lot from 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 seeing this kind of thing happening so tell the people about your journey tell yeah. the people about like how did you become an influencer how did you become an entrepreneur please let people in on your bio you know i still don't think i'm an influencer in any way but um, don't lie to, don't lie to I, the people man don't lie to the people <laughs> don't lie to the people i'm bad um i started my journey when i was 13 years old i think that's when initially started I entered my first pageant and I kept on losing in pageantry up until 2015 when I entered Mr. Genius South Africa and entered it again in 2016 because I lost it. And I won Mr. Genius South Africa and then I got the opportunity to go to Mr. Teen World in turn. So, 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 uh, so, sorry, sorry, I'm mm-hmm. going to disturb you a lot. So, where did Miss Junior South Africa get to be hosted? Like, well, where, where was it actually? It was in Pretoria. I remember it was in grade 10 when they hosted it in Pretoria. And it was like a five-day competition. And yeah. So like, if you remember the feeling, like how was it from you, from your side? Like how was the experience and all of that? Like how was the experience having to know that you're in grade 10, but you're already in this big competition of being a junior Mr. South Africa. Like, how, how did it actually feel? Like, I'm interested in that feeling. Oh, it was it was my second year doing it because I told you the first year I lost it. So when I went back the second year, I obviously went back, I had more confidence and it was nerve wracking because I really wanted the title, but I felt like I was prepared and already, um, what's this, manifested the title in my head. Sorry if it sounds arrogant or not, but in my head, I already had the title. So I was like, God, now it's time to take over. And it felt right because I remember when I was in grade six, I initially told my teacher that, you know what, one day I'm going to be Mr. Junior South Africa. 
and mm-hmm. they thought I was crazy and they didn't believe me and it actually happened into existence and it's it it happened i believe in in doing that like i did it as as a young boy and then and like unconsciously i didn't even think it would happen but i it's something that i conduct my life with speaking things into existence it's so important so here's what's interesting from my side like between entrepreneurship and you're going to tell me about your journey as an entrepreneur and carrying mm-hmm. on as mr teen like i'm super interested like before you go even further like between entrepreneurship and being mr south junior south africa or being a pageant like where does your passion lie between those two like where you, where's your passion an entre- i'm an entrepreneur to the core uh listen in when i was 12 years old i asked my mom to buy me a business book we were having like a where they come at school and they sell books it was like a book shelf i don't know a book day at school and they were selling books and i remember telling my mom mom i want a book and she's like what book so she thought i want both spider man or fiction mm, or mm, you know mm, mm. some stupid book. and i was like no mom i really want i want this book called rich dad poor dad and at the time i didn't know why i wanted the book but i knew i wanted you to said how old, how old were you 12 12 and i want to read rich dad poor dad which is a book like like okay 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 <laughs> like what gave you the insight into entrepreneurship like what made you into like wow this is what i want to do this is what i want to learn like okay okay i want to keep myself busy mm. into buying and selling like selling what, yeah what 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 brought you into that mindset actually I even to get to read a rich dad poor dad like even today that book is still legendary true so and it was not even that popular in when i was 12 years cuz financial literacy only started being a trend in south africa right now in entrepreneurship so when i was young i used to i don't know where this came from but i read a book by oprah she released it last year and it says that you must look at what you're young what you really love and what was your passion that's what you meant to do with the rest of your life so when i was young i used to pretend that i'm a ceo and i take those junior laptops that i you remember we, those junior laptops that had spelling bees and yeah, yeah i remember them i remember them very and well and we had a phone a landline in the house and i'd sit in the living room and on the dining room table and pretend to be a ceo and you know pretend like i'm running a successful business and even when we used to play with other kids and they'd be like what do you want to be i always said i want to be a ceo from a very young age i think i was like even 8 years old when mm-hmm. i said i want to be a ceo i want to be an entrepreneur and my dad was a C- was a entrepreneur so i think some of those genes got transferred genes, yeah, yeah, yeah. so because yeah, because uh, so, what 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 i'm noticing is that you saw your father doing it in front of you so you were like let me let me let me go for it the thing is i didn't see my father do i lost my dad when i was a year old so I'm i never that, saw man. my dad do, no it's okay it's a part of life it's it's And so I am here today uh but I never saw my dad be a businessman or an entrepreneur I just my mom just told me later on in life like your dad was actually in business and it's like oh, okay cool but now when I'm old I'm like maybe that's why I'm in business as well you know he might have those genes might have I'm I'm super me. I'm super interested about this let me ask you this question do you think entrepreneurship mm. is a talent is a god-given talent do you think entrepreneurship is a talent because you didn't see anyone doing it you didn't see anyone doing I, it listen i definitely believe entrepreneurship is a talent 
Um, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur that I can tell you right now, because people think on, we have entrepreneurship confused. People think just because you're selling and reselling, you're an entrepreneur. No, you're not. You are a reseller. You're not an entrepreneur. People being an entrepreneur is always, it's, it's not even about money. It's something bigger than yourself. That's one thing I've learned. Being an entrepreneurship, it's wanting to build something with substance, wanting to create employment for so many people, wanting to see your vision go out. Being an entrepreneurship is not something you can escape. Hence, I say it's a talent. It's not people act like entrepreneurship is a skill you can pick up and let it go. It's not like that. If you're born an entrepreneur, I'm telling you, you will have... Uh, issues in school you will have a hard time in school you will have a problem with the system you will have a problem with being an employee because it's a burning desire being an entrepreneur sorry being an entrepreneur it's it's a passion it's something embedded in you and nobody can place that in you or take it away from you that's okay, why hey. Mark Zuckerberg okay carry on carry on about Mark Zuckerberg that, you were saying why Mark Zuckerberg could not go through school that's why all the great entrepreneurships dropped out. That's why you find entrepreneurships, they suck at having a job because it's, it's, it's a God-given thing, if you want to say. It's something that you're born in. It's not a skill you can learn. Guys, nobody can teach you to, what's this, to go after your goal when you are 100,000 rand in debt or millions of rand in debt and still have the burning desire to say, I'm going to be a millionaire and you owe people money and you can't pay your employees. There is nobody can teach you that. Bro, like you write on so many levels, like I don't wanna lie. That's why I think that today entrepreneurship is super cool that people don't realize the work behind being an entrepreneur. Mm. People don't realize the work behind being an entrepreneur. I was saying this to my friend today that each and every entrepreneur that came out of business school, the first thing that they think about is how do I get funding? They don't find ways into like, how do I get money? How do I make money? money. But when the economy Another collapses, they, 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 lean back, they lean back to being uh, a clerk, to being a teacher, where, where, where they experience a lapse or where they where the startup business actually broke down because the, the VCs right now or the funding companies, they, they don't have money when the economy collapses. So it's super intriguing because yeah. the first thing that the business mind or, or, or the, the, the person that went to business school thinks about is how do I get funding? Like, how does that play to you? Yeah. Like you see the, the entrepreneurship I, nowadays. Yeah, I don't believe in funding and I don't believe those people are entrepreneurs because I said this um, yesterday, or yeah, it was yesterday on my Facebook status that people want to establish a business, register it, and then apply for a tender or get funding. That's not entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs, they build it from the ground up. You create a business that will sustain itself without getting any form of funding. That's where you learn the wits of entrepreneur, selling to people. You need to create a system because a business needs to sustain itself. Uh, when you create a business and a successful business, it's not one without with funding because that's how these multi-million rand and multi-billion rand companies are surviving. They've created systems and structures that keep generating money. So once you get funding, they cut you, they, they rob you of that lesson, how to sustain myself and how to keep myself sustainable and how to build a system that will forever 
give me money because that's the reason why we're in it. Build something sustainable that will always give you money. Like, I don't want to lie. Like, it's it's mind-blowing, to be honest. It's mind-blowing. The, the, the insight that you're providing right now is super mind-blowing because we live in a world where entrepreneurship is put on a pedestal. It's put on a pedestal, yeah, well, not, not passion. That's why I feel like if you know that being an entrepreneurship is not your passion, don't go for it because there's things that you have to, to the sacrifices that you have to do that you're not cut out for them. Yeah. If it's not your passion, let me tell you what, you're going to give up um, the first time you are in debt uh, because of your business when you owe people money and you don't know how to pay them and business is bad because entrepreneurship is glamorized these days. It's, it ain't that glamorous. Especially, that glamorous. especially the so, especially on social media, everyone is popping yeah. bottles. Everyone is putting money on their ears, like making pretending yeah. like they call him. Like why? Those are lifestyle entrepreneurs. We call them lifestyle entrepreneurs. Don't let that fool you. Entrepreneurship is hard, especially your first seven years. I'm, I was reading a book that said, in order to build a successful business, it takes about seven to ten years. Hmm at least in order to build a success and people are acting like your first year you're going to make a million your second year you're going to make a million it's not like that it's not like what instagram puts it out to be social media people are living fake lives some people are saying they're entrepreneurs but their lifestyles are funded or they come from rich families or whatever entrepreneurship is a hobby to them but if entrepreneurship is your passion and it's your only source of income trust me you don't have time to be popping bottles on social media or holding cash on bro, your because you have employees bro. to pay you have things to invest in and you have a business to grow wow that's why i said this about myself that i recently started the journey that's why i call this podcast the journey it's about me mm -hmm. learning from different entrepreneurs what entrepreneurship is there. It is to them. Mm. So this is my journey for me to actually learn about entrepreneurship. And I told myself That's this. beautiful. Nothing's going to happen for 10 years. I'm going to keep my head down for 10 years. Nothing's going to happen because that really developed and instills in me a micropatience type of thing. It instills mm. in me micropatience because I don't look for short-term goals. I know myself as a micro goal achiever and all of that. Because mm. if I, I set myself a short-term goal, I'm going to fail. This, yeah. like, it's, it's my DNA. I can't set myself short-term goals. So when I look forward to the 10-year goal, I look to what's going to come tomorrow. I look to the next episode of the journey because I'm building small until I get to the 10-year yeah. sure. period. So mm. your journey is an entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur, it's super exciting. Like, what kind of business are you owning now? Like, what sort of businesses are you having right now at the present moment? Like, what kind of businesses? You know, there's a saying, um, I read a lot of books and I listen to a lot of seminars. So someone in South Africa who's very popular, Bonang Mateba said, turn your passion into a business. What can you do best that you can bottle and sell to other people? And I was like, mm, I've done pageants and I've built a name um, for myself in pageantry. So I decided to go into events management because pageants are events at the end of the day. Um, and that's the kind of business I am in right now. I'm in pageant, what's this? Events and pageantry. So 
my company hosts and um, we own a lot of pageants and we run those uh, throughout the year. So that's the kind of business I am so, in right now. So, okay, okay, okay. To, to get clarity and for someone who's listening to get clarity. So you own an event where pageants actually run through, like different pageants. Yes, an events company, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Carry on, carry on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I do. It's, it, that's it in a nutshell. So my company, we, we host events, we buy, we host our own events and we also do events for other people. Um, we have a couple of clients that we do events for, but the events that we have are Miss United Africa that we own, the United Nations Pageant South Africa, um, Miss Municipal South Africa, and a couple of other smaller events that we do. You're so fascinating and you inspire a lot of people. I had a friend like before the Zoom call, I had a friend who was like, I actually talked to that guy previously and I told him what he's doing. It's a great job, what he's doing. He's up to the races. Did I, did I, did I meet your friend today? Someone told me something similar today, actually. No, you didn't meet him. So that's the thing. That's the thing. Mm. The guy was here and whatever happened to my wife, I happened. So he's super sad right now. And I don't know what's happening because of the, the Zoom meeting and all of that. But moving on, moving on. Um, tell us about the, the, the Miss Teen World, like the experience, the journey. Tell us, break it down to us. Like, how was the experience? Like, how did you get to enter after being a junior South Africa, Mr. Junior South Africa? Like, how did you set your mind into that? And also, here's the question. Here's the question. You said that you're an entrepreneur and you're currently doing what you love. And I'm super inspired that your passion is, you, you, you build a, a business around your passion. Okay, okay. Firstly, head into the Miss Teen World. Mr. Mr. Teen it's World. actually Mr. Mr. Teen World. Yeah, so I, as I told you, I won Mr. Junior South Africa. And that night after winning, when it's time to sign my contract, they were like, no, you, we have an opportunity for you and we would like for you to represent South Africa at Mr. Teen World. And I was like, that sounds exciting. And they're like, yeah, but you have to raise 150,000 rand to go compete. And you have a week. So by the end of the week, the money must be in. I was like, okay, that's a okay. nice challenge. That's an interesting, how, how am I going to do this? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, you, had, you, you had no clue about like, how am I going to raise this money? You had no clue. Absolutely yeah, zero. I had no clue. Zero that night. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going there. I remember in the car with my parents, driving back from Pretoria to Valcom. And I was like, I am going to Mr. Teen World. Can't have a high waters. I don't care. I'm going to get that money and I'm going to go. So the next day, that Monday, I made calls to every person with money, with influence, with a position that I know and I tell them I got offered to get this teen world. This is how much I need. And I remember I called the MEC of the Free State for Art Spots and Culture at the time. Mm, and I told mm, her. Mm. And she gave me, she was like, We got you. Don't worry. We're going to sponsor you with this trip. And a couple of other people, great sponsors, also contributed to the trip. And yeah, and after that challenge, after going there, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally going. Okay, now focus, focus. It's time to get your thing together. And I had another week to get like outfits and everything. 
the pageant was like three weeks after I won. So I had to prepare everything, my visas, like it was just a lot of work. And I was writing exams at school. So I prepared everything and I went to Mr. Teen World. And I, when you think I finally have arrived, I get there and I'm like literally the youngest person in the competition. I'm competing with 21 year olds and these beautiful guys, they were handsome, I won't lie, from Europe with those European jawlines, six pack. <laughs> I was like, people, what are you doing here? Because back then I was like way more skinnier than I was just like the skinny fragile person. And I was like, what are you doing here? Go back home. Um, so I went there, it was an amazing experience. My first time overseas, I met so many people. And the nice thing about me is I'm very social. So I made a lot of contacts. I spoke to everyone. They were speaking Russian and Turkish. So I was working around with my Samsung back in the day. Translating. Google Translate. Google Translating. Translate. Yeah, to everyone. And what worked to my advantage with the pageant is because I'm so social and I speak to everybody. The judges were actually like in between us. They, we didn't know who the judges are. So they were going with us on trips. They were staying at the same hotel. So they were interacting with us. And because I'm forward and I talk a lot, that actually made me the competition because those were our interviews, how you treat and talk to other people and how you conduct yourself in public. And I won Mr. Teen World and it was a beautiful experience. Uh, yeah, first South African to win. And when I came back home, the experience was even more beautiful. Like, I don't wanna lie. Okay, okay, since you won the, 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 the Mr. Junior, Mr. Teen World, do you think that actually opened doors for you? And what kind of doors like do you think, if so, opened in terms op of you being from, 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 from winning Mr. Junior, Mr. Teen World? Like what kind of doors, if so? It opened a lot of doors for me. Sorry about that. Um, it opened a lot of doors for me. In terms of people, um, started recognizing me more. I got a letter from Parliament saying, congratulations, <laughs> Parliament. And people were saying- And how me, did you feel? How did you feel getting the letter from the Parliament? Like, how did you feel? How was it, it like- It felt great because a few weeks before I got the letter, someone was like, no, this boy, they were talking about you in Parliament. I was like, why would people be, people be talking to me in Parliament? And then this one day at school, um, it was winter, just re we recently opened and I was calling the office, you have a package. When I open it, it has the logo of the parliament. I got so excited, I was like, oh my God. And then it said, congratulations, you did great. We are proud of you. You know, the president signed it, the Madam Speaker signed it and it was stamped and I still have the letter now. So it was like, guys, I actually, you know, they know, they know who I am. So when I got back here, a lot of doors started opening. I was interviewed by SABC News. Like I never thought I'd be on the news, never ever. A boy from Valcom, what would you be doing on the news? Like E! News, ENCA, I even got to go to CNBC Africa where Forbes Africa is as well. And like so many doors open, I got invited. I met the public protector at the time, Chilima Doncella. I literally met all my role models in that year. I got to meet Bonang. And when I was 15, Bonang was literally like my role model. I got to meet her. <laughs> so it was an exciting year. I got invited to a lot of places, offered a lot of opportunities. I became a brand ambassador for so many brands. And people started taking interest in my life. And that's when the following started coming in. People, when they saw me on TV or on a magazine yeah. or in a newspaper, 
they would follow me and i guess that's how i build up my following as well wow so here comes the question here comes the question because mm -hmm. you 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 all i can say is that you didn't go spam people you didn't go bribe people into winning this team you you went through the journey and that journey came along with brand so what yeah. does personal brand mean to you personal brand means a lot to me i take my brand very seriously like i even tell my friends nobody snaps a picture when we are out partying you know like i take my brand seriously what i put out there what i attach my name to i don't just do everything i know even at the beginning even now i get a lot of offers to mc events and with some of those events they don't align with my brand the only i i i you, it's either you brand yourself or people will brand you people mm, know mm. that when you you speak about umpobuja when you look at umpobuja what do you think of pageantry entrepreneurship standards because people i was once invited to a meeting by a couple of people and then one said umpo will never meet us at this place because of the certain standards i've placed on my brand you will never see me at like any kind of places i choose yeah, yeah, yeah. i choose who i post i choose who i post just i choose what i post you know and i choose the brands i want to align with there's a lot of people who ask me to be influencers and i decline it's not about the money it's about the branding about i wouldn't brand, be working yeah. with with starbucks today or with chateau um gatox from italy or nomination italy if i didn't take my brand seriously, seriously or if yeah, i yeah. worked with any brand that came my way so i choose to associate myself with luxury brands i choose to build a certain standard with my brand not because i'm rich or i think i'm better or whatever it's because that's where i want to get my brand says luxury and that's where i ultimately want to get and in order to get those things that i want i need to brand myself at that so like doc you 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 brought me this question right now like what's your take on influencers being authentic in terms of um uh brand or campaigns campaigns. campaigns actually writing their captions or selling some selling an iphone if you're not using an iphone telling iPhone. people to buy an iphone when you're not using an iphone like what does that mean in terms of brand authenticity this is why i don't like calling myself an influencer because most these days people are becoming influencers just to pr promote any product so they can get page 250 to post with me i'm not an influencer i have a business to run the influencing gigs they come in because i am already build a certain brand for myself is not my only source of income i think with other influencers if you are just an influencer you only rely on that source of income so you are willing to promote anything and also it's, it's the thing that i told you i choose i'm very strategic with who i work with what i work with so if something is not authentic to me i will not promote it i will gladly de decline if it's something i don't believe in or a product that i don't use starbucks the reason i worked with them is because i loved going to starbucks and i was posting pictures of starbucks and they were like hey by the way you've seen you at starbucks what is up on <laughs> one of our campaigns you know nomination italy i love their bracelets like with the brands that i choose were coca cola i love coke i worked with coke this year and the thing is i post same with them posted a can of coke when i was out at a restaurant having a meeting and coke was like hey yo we saw you do you want to work on our summer campaign and i was like sure so with 
all the brands that I've worked with so far, it has been authentic. And those that my agency has gotten me, they asked me before, Mpo, would you like to work with this brand? Because I was strategic to my, specific to my agents that tell, like, you should ask me first. Don't sign me up for anything without asking me. Mm -hmm. So they, they even asked me with the cake brand, Chateau, that would you like to work with this brand? And I researched them and I looked at them and I was like, sure, it's a luxury cake brand. And it's something I want to associate with myself because I am trying to build a luxury brand. I might not be a luxury brand right now, but that is where I'm headed. And I will not accept anything but that. So that's why I really think I always, I, I make videos, I make clips talk, talking about brand sales. Mm. And recently I talked about like, when you build brand, you provide people with value. And when you provide brand as a company, people come to you, you don't go to people. And that's what I'm True. seeing. That's what I'm seeing with you right now. So where are you at in terms of like, what does it mean? Okay, okay. How do you differentiate between brand and sales? Because I noticed that um, our society right now are highly invested in sales. They rather spam your DMs, they rather uh, flight my DMs in selling Have a Life or spamming me with an EP that recently got out. Mm. Okay, support this brand. Like, what does it actually mean in terms of branding versus sales? Because as I said, when you have a brand, people come to you. You don't go to people. Yeah. I'm, I'm strong on branding. I don't know. All my life, I've been strong on branding. And people have said to me throughout my life, you should study PR and marketing because, like, dude, what you're able to do with your personal brand and with the brands that you own. I don't believe in sales over brand. I believe in building a brand. And the thing about building a brand is that it takes longer to take off than sales. Sales, you might be able to, you know, sell your hair by life and sell whatever nonsense that you're selling on Instagram or start an Instagram boutique where you sell cheap product and people buy it. You will boom and make money. But in the long term run, that's why we have ShopRite and Woolies. That's why we have Mr. Price and Louis Vuitton. You see the difference. Bro, I don't want to lie. We think alike. I don't want to lie. This is the message that I keep telling people each and every day. I make clips about this each and every day. That people will come to you when you build brand. You don't go to people. True. You don't go. Have you seen Louis Vuitton advertise on TV? No. Mr. Price does. It's all about branding. It's all about building a good name and it takes years. And the thing about our people, our generation and right now is that people don't want to take time um, to build. They're not patient enough. They're not patient enough. They're not patient enough, yeah. They're not patient enough in terms of, um, I made a video yesterday saying that um, the first step into, provide, into building a brand, you provide your customer value in yeah. what you're selling. If you're selling, a, if you're selling wine, teach people about wines, teach people about Sauvignon Blanc, mm. teach people about those kind of things. That's when they'll come to you and maybe they'll recommend you to someone yeah. after buying your product. True, true. So man, I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped to actually have you on. I don't want to lie. Mm -hmm. um, lastly, lastly, before yes. we close, lastly, yes. before we close, mm -hmm. Um, we have a segment on this podcast where you ask the audience mm -hmm. the question, the question of the day. We ask the audience the question of the day. It can be any questions, can be any question before you close. And yeah, we'll wrap it up, man. So I must ask your audience a question. You must ask my audience a question, please. 
I'm going to, it's a question and a bit of advice what I'm going to ask. What is one thing that will make you money and sustain you 10 years from now if social media was to be deleted as well? Wow. Thank you for being on, Doug. Like, I don't want to lie. I'm super captivated. I'm super motivated to actually push more because we have people like you that inspires us, man. And thank yeah. you for being on, man. Like, Okay. The episode is over. Please leave a review. Please subscribe on Apple Podcast. I don't know if they still do ratings, but please, it would really, really mean a lot to me to actually boost my podcast. And if you want to answer the question of the day, you can tag me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Instagram is Gerald underscore Mufuking. Facebook is Gerald Mufuking. Twitter is Gerald Mo underscore. So please, 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 please leave ratings, reviews, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, guys.